0: On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we talk about getting uh, a win against the Redskins. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. And with that, let's go Pack.
1: Third down and five. Roger, same side. And this time, it's in the hands of Lazard. I'm loving it.
0: Hey there, everybody! Welcome back to the wouldn't be a Packer game without some heartburn, but we win. Saints lose. Second seed in turn. Jones leaving the skins with a third degree burn, but hey, boys, we got a positive punt return. Pack it up, Packers
2: podcast. Choo choo. Where were you when Tyler Irving got inducted into the Packers (laughs) Hall of Fame? I I mean, to
0: think that we have gone uh, so many games literally in negative yards, and yet in one game, we have over 50 yards. We single-handedly – I don't know if his contract was set up of, hey, Irvin, we need you to get us out of this record-breaking low streak of punt returns. We'll give you a million dollars to just break it, and he went off, and I loved every minute of it.
2: It looked good. It looked
1: like Desmond Howard back there. You know – and. We totaled 13 punt returns for the year for 44 yards, um, and 51 of those yards came in this game. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. It's insane.
0: This is how excited we are for punt returns that we didn't do the introduction of. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Hey,
1: hey, hey, hey. hey guys.
0: So we win. uh I know win is a win, especially when it gets late in the season with everything that went on the remainder of the Sunday. We do currently have a first round bye if the season were to end today, but let's just kind of jump right into this game ending at 20 to 15, which good golly in yeah. this Molly, I, I, I feel like it could have probably and should have been 42 something at one point in time, but let's start with our offense that we came into this saying they had to perform And yet, for the third time in the last five games, Rodgers goes under 200 yards passing, but Aaron Jones is the one stepping up to the plate at nearly 200 combined yards. So what is the good? What is the bad? What is the ugly from this offensive side?
1: You know what? I, w- I just want to say one thing before we get into this. You guys said we wouldn't get a running game going in our preview episode. I, I had confidence. I had confidence. <laughs> so wrong.
2: We were right on a few things, but on the run game, we were so wrong. I did not expect that kind of success. Their their front seven, their defensive front, is pretty respectable, and we saw it in their pass rush, uh, but we didn't have a problem running on them.
1: Yeah, our offensive line, I was so impressed. So there, there was a lot of bad that we are going to get into but let's highlight this rush game i mean they dominated the day the holes aaron jones had to run through were easy for him uh not a lot of questioning where to go um and he, he lit up uh, the redskins because of it i mean i i hats off to the offensive line even though we didn't have a great passing game they had great pass um blocking uh gave aaron Rodgers a ton of time and opened up holes for aaron jones
2: This offense looks so simple when we let him run the ball 15 to 20 times and throw it to him a few times out of the backfield. It doesn't seem that complicated. I don't understand after a performance like this where we go into maybe even next week and Aaron Jones will touch the ball eight times. I just don't get it. He needs to be featured. He needs to be spotlighted along with Devontae. Those need to be our top two guys every week.
1: Yeah, they they brought up some stat because I had to listen on the radio. Um, But they brought up some stat on the radio saying that uh, before this game, he had three uh, games over 150 yards and touched the ball 19 or more times. Um, That's the only time that he's touched the ball 19 or more times. Um, And by all means, he did it again in this game, touched it 22 times for almost 200 total yards. Uh, I think we need to average him touching the ball 20 times, boys.
2: Yeah. And even with that, you know, this offense just left too many plays out there, and that I think that was the wording from both Bulaga and Lafleur. It just wasn't everything we were hoping for. On the preview podcast, we said we just wanted consistency. We wanted you to stay ahead of schedule, no false starts, no negative plays. We had false starts, we had negative plays, we had overthrows by Aaron Rodgers on open guys for deep big shot plays, and then we even had turnovers. Uh, you know, the fumble on the sack before the end of the first half could have hurt us. Luckily, it didn't, but. Uh, It just wasn't consistent. So there there were things on the flip side of that. They were using play action. They were using the tight ends and running backs and screen passes were there. They were using the middle of the field to have a ton of success. Tanyan's touchdown was fun to watch. But it was so confusing that we could see all those things that we've been begging for, but yet not be able to put up more than 20 points against the Redskins.
1: Yeah. I, I was so confused because game started the first two drives. We didn't even target a wide receiver. I don't even think we looked at a wide receiver. Right. Um, and then all of a sudden it seemed like we were trying to force to get it to the wide receivers. And I, I, I just didn't quite understand it. I mean, they still kept going with Aaron Jones cause he was killing it, but it just seemed like we were trying to force it to the wide receivers that clearly weren't getting really open uh, in this game. Uh, they had some problems uh, getting open. Um, but, I mean, I I just don't get why we changed uh, the overall scheme that we had on the first two drives. Um, It it didn't make much sense to me.
2: I'm not sure we did. You know, I had in my notes that we almost didn't look the receiver's way the entire game. But when you look at targets, Devontae had six and Alan Lazard had three. So you you can't Mm -hmm. say we didn't look their way, but uh, it it wasn't like we were trying to highlight these guys. Geronimo had the one catch for 11 yards, which – uh, he fumbled and got lucky <laughs> that he was actually down before that. Um But, yeah, we were trying to feature tight ends and running backs. We mixed in some receivers, and even the plays we missed were deep balls to Jimmy Graham and deep ball to Aaron Jones. Um, I, I think it was good. It was a winning recipe for this week, not in this, the final score that we were hoping. But it also – the game never really felt out of hand until we had to recover a onside kick.
0: Yeah, I thought Aaron Jones played amazing. Uh, I cannot emphasize enough how fun this offense is to watch with a lead in the fourth quarter because it seems like our fourth quarter drives eat up so much clock. I believe that one of the last drives in the fourth was for about nearly eight minutes. Mm -hmm. But Jimmy, if he doesn't slip, probably adds another 15 or 20 yards to his total. He had an easy drop as well that I know he wishes he had back. Again, MVS is dead to me, both on the score sheet and as a player. It's just I don't know why he's there. I am repeatedly reminded that Ryan Grant has been a no-show in terms of not being on the active roster, which confuses the hell out of me, especially with how Allison has played uh, and how MVS has been non-existent. I just – I'm confused. Rogers continues to just not look like his timing is right, which I guess if there's anything that, you know, you could say is wrong, timing is something that I would hope would click at some point. But that strip sack towards the end of the first half, it just felt like Rogers had an immense amount of time on a number of throws and it was into the sixth or seventh second that he actually got rid of the ball. And that has to change because we're talking about the Washington Redskins and we're about to go against the bears and then the Vikings, neither of which are in the same level as Washington. They're about two or three Mm -hmm. ahead of them. So he better start picking it up, but there's a lot to love, but there's a lot to hate about this offense
1: right now. Yeah. You bring up a great point. You know, that's one stat that does not show up in the score. You know, just the time management that we had at the end of the game, um, I, I matt lefleur honestly he is beautiful at when at if we need a long Ooh, drive josh
2: oh. has the hats for man
1: oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no but he, he he busts out an eight minute drive when we need it most i mean that is very impressive i mean he's meaning to do it uh, he's designing those drives um it's it's very well done uh but yeah why is allison still seeing the field so much he saw the field Thank 58 you. percent of the snaps uh, obviously, Alan Lazard is better and is better uh, connected with Aaron Rodgers at this point in time. So why does he not have more snaps than Geronimo Allison?
2: Yeah, Lazard almost took over Allison. Lazard was out there for 52% of the snaps, so he didn't miss it by much. But yeah, MVS only got 10 snaps. He must be dead to Matt LaFleur at this point. So I'll, I'll give uh, a little bit of leeway. It appears that Geronimo at least is more consistent on his assignments than MVS's. But Lazard appears to be our number two, and it's probably the fourth time we've declared a number two for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I'd like to see 70% of the snaps from Lazard. There were a few times where Rodgers was getting late in the uh, shot clock, as we'll call it. As Ryan said, sometimes it got to six or seven seconds. And when Rodgers was finally ready to get rid of it, uh, it was a, a shot to Lazard, and the chances weren't always that high that Lazard was actually going to get it. But it showed that he had some trust in him to be the guy that he was trying to get rid of the ball to. But real fast, on the drive of the game in the fourth quarter, that took up about eight minutes. Let's not forget the play of the game there was still a beautiful throw by Rodgers. It was 17-9 to nine was the score. There's eight and a half minutes left, third and 14, and he drops it in the bucket to Aaron Jones to spark that drive between two mm-hmm. defenders. Mm-hmm. That was a beautiful pass. You it guys was. not remembering it? There we go. No, 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 no it,
0: it <laughs> I also want to give a shout out to our boy, Bobby Tanyan, who the Packers are undefeated when he catches a touchdown. So he's one for one.
1: Uh, (laughs) Did you guys see uh, Mercedes Lewis got uh, the most snaps out of all the tight ends this week, too? So obviously they had
2: a plan to run, obviously, against him. Hey, and while we're talking tight ends, I laughed out loud watching tape today. Jimmy Graham flattened Montez Sweat on yeah. a chip where yeah. he was trying to help out Bakhtiari. Maybe the, did the TV coverage make note of it? Because I I saw it on the replay, and I too was watching or was listening via radio yesterday on a drive I had to make. But Jimmy Graham just leveled Montez, and I'm like, holy shit, he blocked somebody!
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, he's been getting better every week. He has been improving his blocking every week. Yeah, we needed help in the pass coverage. I mean, Balaga got beat a few times. Uh, their defensive front seven's pretty respectable. I saw Bakhtiari get walked back, uh, I think, mm-hmm. by Ryan Kerrigan before he got hurt. I mean, how big were those two injuries? We're, you know, we won a fairly comfortable until the last 30 seconds, but Geis and Kerrigan getting hurt in the middle of the game may have made the difference here, unfortunately.
0: Absolutely, especially with which is a perfect transition, how well Peterson looked. I know that it was 20 carries for only 76 yards, but they were heavy runs. And and, and guys left the game averaging 8 yards a carry. He looked real good. So to have him go down, I I've yelled at the TV a decent amount watching the game. My number 1 yell, Haskins was hobbling on one leg the <laughs> entire game and yet still we somehow let them manage to get a running game going and find some quality uh, receiving yards. So let's talk about this defense. Uh, We got a Smith sack, which is is normal at this point. Fackrell started the game with a half sack. Kenny Clark came around doing uh, amazing in this middle. But I think the MVP of this game goes to Mr. Adrian Amos, who just
1: absolutely took over on all aspects of defense. Yeah, I, I, I wish I could have told you, boys, uh, oh, but, <laughs> but <he did. laughs> man, I you know, I this is what I envisioned when I called him doing it. They, they had him everywhere. They had him doing everything all over the field. It is very impressive to see how he's grown this year uh, within this defense. And I think he's finally starting to find his role within the defense and accepting that it's OK for him to do everything. Yeah, I would still give MVP to Aaron Jones, but Adrian
2: Amos definitely the defensive MVP and had a better game than he has in most weeks. Um, it was impressive game from him. I thought Savage played well, too, and I'll, I'll touch on why I think that. But it was interesting, the surprise sit by Kevin King that, that we haven't highlighted quite yet. So Was it a shoulder injury that they uh, declared him out an hour before kickoff? Uh, Chandon Sullivan and Ibrahim Campbell then were matched up on this Steven Sims, who all of a sudden had a pretty good game against us, a rookie out of Kansas. Uh, The secondary got beat a lot from what I was seeing on crossing routes. And it was interesting that Jair was able to lock down McLaurin. He only had one catch until that final two-minute drill. Uh, He still only ended up with 40, but he had that one-handed touchdown that makes his stat line a little better. But with Kevin King not playing, we didn't really have a second corner step up. Tremont was even getting beat um, by these rookies, uh, Kevin Harmon was their other wide receiver that he only went for one for 30, but between the two of them, they had 70 yards on, uh, you know, the, those wide receivers. I didn't expect to have as much, uh, success as they did on us considering the pass rush was there.
1: Yeah. I'm not quite sure how I feel still on this defense. I'm still trying to decide if I'm happy with how they played or very upset because once again, we held them under 20 points we got turnovers, we got sacks, you know. So why are we complaining, right? But on the on the other hand, you know, we did allow a very mediocre quarterback and passing game, have decent success, nothing amazing, um, and then once again allow over 100 yards rushing. Um, I, I, That's why this game is so hard to call. We said in
2: the preview the Redskins are not going to be laughably bad. They're going to put up a performance. They, lost, they went down to the Panthers 14-0 and came back and actually won the game. We go up 14-0, the Redskins come back and actually make it a game. It's everything that we predicted, but yet it's still frustrating to watch because we had the opportunities. We had turnovers that got called back or fumbles, or they weren't quite actually fumbles. We had interceptions that weren't quite actually interceptions. Um, the, the biggest thing to me was Darius Guys, I think, was going to run all over us. And there were plays there that Peterson made, Adrian Peterson made. He had a decent day, 20 rushes, 76 yards, and a touchdown. But if if you had inserted Darius Geis instead of Adrian Peterson, I think there would have been a few more big plays sprinkled in there, and that would have been a disaster for how close that game ended up being. And
0: that's what I think hurts me is Haskins, there was so many uh, shots of him trying to hand off the ball and then literally like hobbling and hopping away on one foot that why if you know and you have confidence in our secondary can control them why you aren't stacking the box and just being like we are going to give pressure on Haskins every play we can we're going to try to stop the run like I just feel like they could have sold out and just pushing everybody in and instead they kind of let him have time just sitting back there and it was just it was amazing to me because he wasn't running anywhere uh it's just it was frustrating that is the most uh Immobile quarterback we will face this entire season because he was injured, and yet we still allowed him to just kind of sit back there and do what he wanted. Um, but I, I I agree. I actually liked uh, where this defense was with King. I don't know. I felt more confident that we weren't going to see the back of King's numbers as he's trying to chase somebody down. But it just felt like, it felt like everybody had a purpose and everybody was more focused in that secondary than I remember in a long, long time.
1: Yeah, and even Blake Martinez, um, you know, we've been giving him a lot of grief, uh, but I will give him some credit in this game. He actually showed up. Uh, he should have been credited a sack. Uh, he got a forced fumble, um, uh, I think a pass deflection, and over ten ta- or ten tackles. Um, so, I mean, well rounded game for him. I, I do give a little bit more credit to the defensive line, giving him a little bit more lanes um, and uh, uh, clogging up a little bit of the blocks. Um, but I. I I hope that he continues playing like this. He's playing a little, he played a little faster. Uh, didn't think it didn't look like he was thinking as much, um, and just trying to make a big play instead of trying to find get in the right spot.
2: I can't get one play out of my head with Blake Martinez, and it was maybe just a five yard run from the Redskins towards the sideline. He ends up getting pushed out of bounds. But what Blake Martinez had happened to him was alignment got on him one on one, and he was pushed maybe fifteen yards downfield by the time oh, the play gosh. was over. And I know he had a nice game. I'm not trying to take away. The sack was a, a great jump it, on the blitz. He was able to jump the snap and yeah, it got called back, but it was still a nice play by Blake. He was in on the turnovers that could have been, uh, he had the 10 tackles like he normally does. Boy, sometimes if if a guard or a tackle has gotten onto you and you're five yards downfield even, just fall and create a pileup. Create some havoc so the running back can't keep going. And he just let himself get pushed all the way downfield. It's so hard to watch. But I did say if Geis was involved a little more, there would have been a few more big plays sprinkled in there. You see what I did there? Speaking of sprinkles. Oh, God. He
1: didn't even show up.
2: (laughs) We didn't have a tight end do anything today.
1: Yeah. I forgot to even watch. I need to look that back and watch what we did or what they didn't do. Uh, Because did they They forget that we can't cover the tight end or what?
0: There was only four players uh, with receiving action. Four. That was it. So, uh, yeah, I was just about as surprised as anybody. If you look at the tape from literally close your eyes, pick a tape and watch it you'll know that the tight ends are devastating to us and it was an absolute no-show by yeah, this Washington i'm not sure defense.
2: I, i'm not sure i'll give the packers credit on this like you said ryan a hobbled quarterback an average tight end we may have just uh, had a good week in this matchup but just breathe in that sweet smell of a tight end not going off against us because that, that was at least something good from this defense and and on this pass rush so you know we're talking linebackers. We saw more of B.J. Goodson. We didn't see much of Oren Burks. Uh, but from the pass rush front, we were sending guys, and what I'd like to see from there is they were moving Zadarius around like you brought up yes. Josh before. Yes. Oh, Lord, when he comes in, he comes up the middle, he comes in. They had him flipped with Preston a couple of times where they had each other's sides where Zadarius was on the left and Preston was on the defensive right, not their normal sides. Uh, but I, initially I made a note that they're only doing that, Uh, later when it's a third long a a for sure passing situation because if you bring Zedarius into the middle of the defense now you're weakening your edge. I don't care if it's Fackrell or Gary or even Dean Lowry out there it's a weaker edge than when you have Zedarius uh, from a running perspective. But then I even saw in the third quarter a couple of times it was first and ten, second and six, and they still had moves the Darius in. I like the different fronts we're giving them. And quite frankly, that may have been why Dwayne Haskins had trouble getting it to the tight end. Was He, he was trying to read those uh, different packages that we were coming at him with and just get the ball out to his wide receivers.
1: You know, I wanted to ask you all a question. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers came out with a quote uh, saying that, you know, if we win ugly, oh, I'm okay with with winning ugly all the way to the Super Bowl, or it's along those lines. Um, and I, I don't know if I agree with him. I, you know, I, I don't like how he's playing. I, I think as a team we're playing good ball and Matt Lafleur is finding ways to win. Um, but when you are playing mediocre right now, and really not showing up in most of these games and other players are having to step up for us to win, I don't think it's okay for him to say I'm okay with playing no. ugly all the way to the Super Bowl.
2: No. Calm down, Joshua. Hey, but media, what th- what get off this on? pod. What
1: are your thoughts on <laughs> I think it's I think it's the cliche
0: thing of a win's a win. Like, I don't think it was him directly saying it towards himself being like, I don't care if I play like shit as long as we win. I, I think it's more of that, yeah. hey, at the end of the day, we got to win. We're moving on. And if we go undefeated every single week, we're going to win the Super Bowl. So I – right, All right, all
2: and, right. If, it, if I, that's I what, what he meant, I'm okay don't. with that that yeah Him, Balaga, and LaFleur have all had quotes already in the last 24 hours that I've seen where they're admitting there's a lot to work on. LaFleur just had a press conference. This is Monday night as we record where he came out and he was visibly frustrated still with the opportunities that they missed. So they all know there's a lot to work on. Rogers' comment is more like, hey, Trent Dilfer has a championship ring because he had a strong defense and he (laughs) he just played steady, right? And if we have a Super Bowl ring at the end of this, we'll be all right. We, We know Rogers has the talent to put some of this together. They're not. clicking right now he's missing passes he's not getting the ball out on time within the scheme of the offense as much as us average fans would like to see but there's got to be reasons behind that so the fact that they're admitting that there's a lot to work on but yeah they're winning games they're 10 and 3 we're a two seed yeah we're in a a great spot even with how frustrating the wins are Mm they're a win in the national football league
0: so let's peek ahead just slightly before getting to our preview pod that's coming out later this week. The Bears come to town for the 200th meeting between these two historic clubs. Our unofficial, official bookie, Bavada has it currently as the Packers' four-and-a-half-point favorites. Quick takes leading
2: into our Thursday pod. I'm going to start just because I want to highlight one thing, and then I'll— give the take on the Bears. I think we do have to highlight the placement punts by J.K. Scott this week and the consistency from Mason Crosby all year. Credit to him. He's been battling things, but without Mason Crosby's consistency, this game could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot closer, a lot touchier, including their kicker missing an extra point. That could have made all the difference if Crosby had missed a field goal. So credit to both kickers. um, They're looking like they're coming into form at the end of the season. Uh, From the Bears standpoint, I'm, I'm not happy we get them right now. I'm afraid they're coming off 10 days rest and they're playing in their Super Bowl. You know, they know they need a win to keep their season alive. Uh, we may overlook them getting ready for Vikings uh, the following week. I'm nervous. I'm hoping we have enough juice to get past them either way, though.
1: Yeah, I'm incredibly nervous. This is the game <laughs> that I I think we lose in. Uh, the Bears are on a roll right now. They, they've gotten their offense clicking a little bit more. Um, and and we're still trying to find an identity. You know, we're playing decent. We're winning games. We're, you know, we're playing good ball. Um, but we, we don't have an identity. And the Bears are starting to find one. Um, so, yeah, it, it it's going to be a fight for sure. And I hope the Packers come with a little bit more energy than they did this week against the Redskins. I always
0: I- used to think that Lambeau Field is this sacred place. And it still is to some extent. This team, it doesn't matter whether you're on the road or you're at home. You're going to kind of get what you get, and uh, I am nervous as well, and it's something that we will definitely be diving into heavily in our next pod. But that will do it for now. Thanks, everybody. Go Pet. Go.